Lord, give me Scotland or I die. There's a quote from John Knox, a Scottish minister and theologian who led the Protestant Reformation in his country. He said this in the 16th century and said in a Western English accent may not have the same power as when John Knox said it in his Scottish accent. But in this episode, Jeff expresses his desire for this generation to have the same spirit toward their school campus, as well as the world. Do you have the drive that shows that you are hungry for it? You want it. You have to have it. That you have to see your campus be changed by the power of God's love. Give me my campus or I die. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. So let me ask you this. Think about the last time that you went to your mom and or your dad and you asked them for something. And the higher the stakes were, the more that you wanted to ask. Think about your approach. You thought it through, I bet. You thought about some things. What are some, what are some key things when you go to ask your parents something? Now, it's unique because I've got all three of my daughters here in the room. And um, I remember one of them coming to me. And you guys, when you approach your parents, you probably think you're all cool. You probably think that they don't know where you're coming from. But let me tell you, as a parent, we pretty much do. We know you. And one of my girls came to me and said, hey, tried to be super casual. Do you know how much season passes are to Cedar Point? Like, I'm going to have that, you know, number in my head. I have no idea. She's like, hey, do you know how much? And I was like, well, what are you trying to get at? Like, it's not obvious, right? And she started this campaign to get season passes to Cedar Point, which is an amusement park if you don't know what that is. And, uh, and her campaign, let me tell you, was successful. Because for the first time last year, we bought season pass. We've never done that before. But it was because she came to me and said, hey, do you know how much those are? And I was like, no, but I'm just curious if you know how much. She's like, well, yeah. It's like, and she r- rattled off the number. And, uh, and so we ended up going to Cedar Point last year, and we had a great time. And I think there's something there. What we're going to talk about as we finish today is asking. Because a lot of prayer, we've talked about a lot of different parts of prayer, but a lot of it's just asking. And what you'll find is when Jesus talks about prayer, a lot of times, it's pretty simple. We make it really complicated, but it's like, just ask. Now with our parents... When we ask our parents things, it's like, you think about timing, right? One of the first things you probably think about is, are they in a good mood today? And if they're not in a good mood, you don't ask them, do you? Right? So timing is everything, because you got to have really good timing. you got to know, like, and you try to butter them up, right? You try all that stuff, and you want to make sure that um, you know it's something that they would give you if you ask. You know, like, you wouldn't go up to your parents and go, hey, can you give me some money so I can go buy some illegal drugs? Like, if you got good parents, you wouldn't do that, right? So if you got good parents, you know you're not going to ask stupid things like that. You want to be in alignment with what they believe. But you got to—I think the other thing is you got to be sold out to it. Like Mark Cuban, you know who Mark Cuban is? Anybody watch Shark Tank? You know he's the Dallas Mavericks. I think he's a billionaire. And he said something once I never forgot. He said, "I never respond to somebody." when they ask me or approach me about something, unless they ask me five times. 
Because if, they, if, they, if they're not willing to ask me five times, it's not important. And I've thought about that. And I think we can think about what our Heavenly Father's like. Jesus gives this picture that we don't have to worry about God's mood. We do need to think about alignment. But we don't need to go over and over and beg and ask to try to get God's attention because we have it, which is pretty amazing. But I think there's something about what Mark Cuban said is that we've got to be sold out to what we want to ask. Because I, my, my house is littered with things that my kids thought they wanted and then when they got it, it was like it just sat in the closet and it's still there. One of my daughters, we were in Cracker Barrel one time. And Cracker Barrel is the biggest tourist trap in the world if you've been to Cracker Barrel. You know what I'm talking about? When you go in the lobby... It's like, even if the seats are all empty, I think their, problem, their plan is, well, you need to wait 20 minutes because we want you to hang out. And if you've got kids, there's like candy at eye level, you know, of all kinds and all these cool sodas and toys. And You guys ever seen those parrots in Cracker Barrel that you talk and then it repeats? You know what I'm talking about? And one of my daughters wanted one of those parrots, and every time I was like, give me the parrot. And as a parent, I'm like, that's not in alignment with me because I'm going to hear this parrot squawking all the time. Like, I need one more thing like that. Well, she got through to her grandparents, and they bought her this parrot. And she wanted it so bad, and she played with it and loved it, and it was fun. And then one day I went into her room, and I saw this little prayer that she wrote on a sticky note. And it said, uh, Dear God, thank you for the parrot that I asked for. But I didn't know it could be so annoying sometimes. Love, Olivia. I just outed you. And that, no, that was, no, that was last year. That was last year. <laughs> and here's the thing about that. Like sometimes we think we want something, but I think one of the most important things about asking is making sure we really want what we're asking for. Because we can ask God for things on a whim. And, and I can tell you as a parent, we sniff that out. If it's a whim, it's like, oh yeah, one day I watch this commercial and I really get fired up about something I want or whatever. Because sometimes I know the next day it's going to change. So it's like, but if, if my kids are sold out to something, and I'm kind of being vulnerable here because I got my kids in the room, but if they're sold out to something and I know it, and, and it's something that I wouldn't mind maybe them having, that makes me a lot more open to say, yeah, maybe I'll provide that as their parent. But we know that God's the perfect father. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read this passage that Jesus talks about prayer. So he says this, he says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, maybe we've heard this. We're going to talk about three simple things. Ask, seek, and knock. What's it mean to ask God? What's it mean to seek God? And what's it mean to knock on the door? That God is ready and willing to open if we ask Him. So those three things. And if you look at, if you look at this like you always should, this, what we just read in the Bible, and you look at it in the context. In other words, what's surrounding? We're just reading a few words here, but what... Is Jesus talking about before and what's he talking about after? And here's what he's talking about, relationships. He's talking about relationships. He's talking about don't judge others and don't be condemning of others and be careful what you say with others. And then at the end, after what we read, listen to this. So he says, ask, seek, and knock. 
And then it says, uh, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And you may think, what does that have to do with ask, seek, and knock? And we just studied this in our staff just a couple weeks ago, and I, I learned some things that I hadn't learned before. And one of the things that I learned and realized that uh, Ryan and our staff point out is that this is in the context of relationships. This is in the context of Jesus talking about what it means to really get along with others and then seek God not just for whatever, but specifically, I think, probably what he was talking about here is seeking God on behalf of other people, interceding, like we've talked about, praying on behalf of other people. And so here, Jesus is saying, ask, seek, and knock. So, a couple quick things here. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then know how, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Jesus is saying about the Father, you don't have to wait if He's in a good mood. He's ready to give. He says, we who are evil, human beings who have you know, mood swings and bad days and imperfect lives, if we know how to give good gifts, if we know how to do that as human beings, then how much more? He's contrasting there and saying, God is perfect, and He's willing to do what you ask if you ask Him. And if you understand God, like we've talked about in the last few sessions, if you understand Him and know what He's about, if you know His Word, then you can know how to approach Him. You can know what to ask for because you know Him, just like you would your parents. The more you know them, the more you know, man, I should, I'm never even going to waste my time asking for that because it's pointless. They don't think it's important. They don't have the resources to do it, whatever the reason is. But God has unlimited resources. And He's perfect. So what does it mean to ask, seek, and not? So a couple things here. Ask. I think one of the things about this is that it's just the idea of verbalizing. And I think I got this from Kyle, actually. You talked about verbalizing. Saying it. I think there's something about saying it. Sometimes when we ask, and I know this may sound simplistic or this may sound like, ah, oh, that's just too easy. And it's not a magic formula, but I think there's something about actually saying it out loud or expressing it in some way. It's verbalizing. Saying, okay, God, this is what I'm asking for. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I pray, a lot of times I'll do it silently. And then my mind kind of wanders off. You ever done that? Where you're praying and you're like, okay, God, help me at my track meet today. Man, I am so tired. How am I going to do? Am I going to beat my time? Am I going to, you know, and then all of a sudden you wander off and then, you know, 10 minutes later, either you fall asleep or you come back, right? <laughs> Maybe that's just me. But, but I know that if I'm actually verbalizing it when I ask and pray, it really helps me stay on track. And being deliberate. I think asking is saying, okay, I want to be deliberate. I'm not just going to wander around and beat around the bush, right? Remember we talked about in one of the sessions, when you imagine going before your parents and saying, hey, mom, will you help me today? Right? And it's like, with what? And often when we pray, we go, God, just help us today. Well, what does that mean? So it's not, there's not really much intention of being deliberate. Seek. Visualize it. See it. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? 
Jesus says, I think, I think it's really something that when Jesus is talking about prayer, Jesus doesn't say ask and you'll receive. But he adds to it. So he adds this other layer. So it's not just asking. It's not just verbalizing. Now he's saying, okay, now seek. Look for it. Visualize it. Where is it? What's out there? And one of the mantras that I've picked up in my life as we've studied prayer here in our staff is this idea that when we pray and when we ask and how we live is that we ask for the supernatural but then we do our part, which is the natural. And I think this is part of that natural. In other words, for you to pray something supernatural, like, God, I want to see every day of my campus covered in prayer. Or I want to see 10% of our school involved in claiming campus. Or I want to see these people coming to Christ. What you're beginning to do is you're asking for the supernatural, the stuff that only God can do. But what can we do? What can we do in the natural? So if you're saying, for example, I want, I want God to multiply the movement of Claim Your Campus at my school so that every day is covered and there's a prayer, there's a organize, student organizer every day. Say, God, I want you to raise up four more student organizers at our school. So you pray for the supernatural. And then in the natural, you could say, okay, what I want to do is I want to begin to map and code my campus and try to find other people in other people groups. And so you start doing your part in the natural. You start seeking. When, we, when I was talking with, uh, where's Gabby? When I was talking with Gabby about trying to get here for this weekend, you remember what I texted you and messaged you and said, you start asking, you start looking around. And I know that you had, but it's like, I think sometimes when we pray, it's like, okay, God, I want you to do this, but then we have to kind of play our role as well. Does that make sense, right? We need to seek it. So if you're praying, I think it's not just enough to ask. I think that's why Jesus added this other layer is then you need to seek. Because when you seek, then you'll start to find it. And you be diligent. Don't just go, well, I looked and I tried. But keep after it. We've talked about that. Consistency is important. And here's the last one is knock. Knock. So Jesus adds another layer. He doesn't just say, okay, seek and ask and God will provide. He goes, Okay, then you need to not just ask, but seek. And then even beyond that, you need to knock. You need to knock. You need to keep verifying and asking. And you need to keep kind of knocking at that door. If you've ever had somebody just consistently and persistently knock at a door to something. But the other part of that is just being dependent upon the Lord to say, knocking is about waiting. When I think about knocking at a door, you knock at a door and then you wait for an answer, right? You knock at a door and then you stand there and you say, okay, is anybody home? Is anybody going to answer? Am I going to get in? Is the door going to open? And there's a dependency. And I think sometimes what we do is we'll maybe knock a couple times and then we just get tired of waiting and we, we take off or we move on to the next thing. But there's something about waiting to see. Let me ask you this question. When you, when you pray to God, how often, what percentage do you think God answers your prayers? How many people would say, I think above 50% God answers prayer? Raise your hand if you think it's above 50%. How many people say it would be below 50% that God would answer your prayer? And it's kind of a trick question because actually the answer is 100%. He's always going to answer. A lot of times we go, well, God answered my prayer. Actually, God answers your prayer every time. He just might not say yes. Right? He might say no, or he might say, you need to wait. 
And so one of the things that we might deal with is just waiting. As we think about our time together here, talking about Claim Your Campus as students and your role and what God may be speaking to you, there's a couple things I want you to think about. Do unto others what you'd have them do to you. Jesus ends this this part of, of the passage here by saying, do this for other people. There's some people, and my wife says this all the time, and I love it. She says, there are some people in this world where no one lifts their name up to the Father. No one. And as adults, we tell our staff at NTS in the summer, all these hundreds of adults, one of the most important things you can do is pray for these students in your small group because you may be the only one on this earth that's praying for them. And I would say that to you. That there's probably, I am certain, people at your school that you see every day that no one on earth is praying for. So what if you got your yearbook and you prayed through it and you prayed four or five names a day and you, you took it upon yourself to pray for every student at your school? Or maybe you organized something where you lifted up every person because do unto others one of the greatest gifts you can give to your friends even people that don't know you at your school, is, to, is prayer and lifting them up before God. And as you think about that, do you have a passion to see God move at your school? We've been talking about this. Do you have the kind of drive that says, I'm hungry for it, I want it, I have to have it, I have to see my campus be changed by the power of God's love. And I love this quote from John Knox great leader of the past. He says, give me Scotland or I die. That is so moving to me. Those short, simple words, give me Scotland or I die. Could you, could, could you put your name up there and say, give me my campus or I die. Give me my school or I die. Someone has to be saying those words about this world. Someone has to be saying that. I'm convinced that if God's going to move the way Amante prayed earlier, that we want to see God move in this nation, it's going to have to be people that have the heart of John Knox that say, give me this campus or I die. His heart was so passionate and moved. And John Knox was talking about his whole nation. Give me my whole nation or I die. Now, what you're about to see, this last quote here, is something that's about to go on my wall. I just found a friend that's going to do this for me. But this is one of the things that we studied, and it's a quote that's moved me so much. Hardy, heroic, compassionate, fearless martyrs must those be who take hold of and shape a generation for God. Hardy. Heroic, compassionate martyrs. Man, fearless must those be who take hold of and shape a generation for God. If you're going to see people in your sphere of influence on your campus, as we've talked about before, they disappear and go in a thousand directions. If you're going to see that, it's going to take someone 
who's hearty, compassionate, fearless. And it's going to be someone who's going to be a martyr. I don't know if you know what a martyr is. A martyr who's someone who's willing to sacrifice themselves on behalf of others. Now, often we think of martyrs in terms of like actual literal death. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who's willing to say, I'm going to sacrifice who I am, my reputation. I don't care if I look like a complete idiot or a fool. It's going to take that kind of commitment. Remember the video that we watched last session? The crazy guy out in the field just doing his thing, going for it, not caring. That's what it's going to take. So maybe it's you going to your school one day and you're just doing your thing, you know. It's going to take, it's going to take that. It's going to take you being fearless. Some of you, the biggest thing that's holding you back from really seeing God move through you is fear. Let's be honest, it's fear. And I understand that. Because believe it or not, I live in fear every day of things. I look at things and sometimes it's rational and sometimes it's irrational. But recognize that fear and surrender it to God and say, God, I want to be fearless on my campus. I don't want to live in fear of what other people would think of me. I don't want to fear, like we talked about earlier, the fear of rejection. I want to be hearty, compassionate, heroic, fearless. And if I'm a martyr, so be it, because give me my campus or I die. That's what God needs. That's what He's looking for. And for some of you here, I think there's a calling on your life. You're not here by accident. You're not here because it's random. Maybe like me, you may have felt like, who am I? I'm nobody. You know, 2008, I went to this conference called You Specialties, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And there's a lot to this story, but in a nutshell, when I was there on November 1st of 2008, God said, I, I, want, you to, I want you to lead the movement to to have prayer happen on every school. And I'm going to tell you, my first response was, there is no way that I can do that. I don't know anybody. I don't know people like Chuck Klein. I'm a youth pastor in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who basically knows no one. And God said, that doesn't matter. In fact, he affirmed my, my statement when I said, I can't do that. He goes, no, you can't do that. You're right. You're absolutely right. You cannot do this. But I can. And will you trust me to do this? So I began this, this journey of trusting God in ways I've never trusted Him before. And I want to invite you on that journey because some of you here, when we talk about this and you think about the rubber meeting the road and showing up at your school or multiplying, not just launching, maybe multiplying or hitting that influence mark, you may say, man, that's so far beyond me and that scares me to death. And I hope it does scare you to death because it should scare you. Because when you're scared, you walk out of your own natural and you walk into the supernatural where you have to trust God because you're walking into territory where only God can do those things. And it's a shame that most of us live our lives in the natural realm where all we do is what we know and what we control and what we're not afraid of. And God has so much more for us. If we trust Him, if we're obedient and we put that fear on the line and say, God, I trust you. You remember what Taylor said in her story? I was scared to death. But I learned to trust God. And look what he did. And look what he's doing. Because she was willing to say, I'm putting that fear to the side and it doesn't matter. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for someone like Taylor. That says, fear is going to be way, way less of a, of a control in my life.
We're going to surrender that to God. And here's what we're going to do in the next few moments. We're going to invite you to be commissioned to do what God's called you to do. So those cards, you can pull those out and take a look at those. And that card has a commitment on it. We've talked to you about this. We gave you this at the beginning because we want you to know what you might be getting into. And I'm going to ask Ariana. She's going to come up and maybe this, this commitment card defines and fits what God's speaking to you about. And maybe it's something else. And she's going to explain that because there's a place for all of us here to respond. It may not all be in the same way, but there's a place. And so she's going to explain that. And we're going to give you a time to just respond to what God's been speaking to you about this weekend. Claim Your Campus, understand that as scary as it sounds to raise thousands of dollars to go into an airplane for 14 hours to a little village in Africa and be a missionary there for a week and to come back is not as scary as it is to live out your faith on your campus day after day after day and to stand up and to do what God has asked you to do, to be the prayer warriors in your school that to your guts care so much that everyone that you see knows the Lord and that you have that responsibility and you have that privilege and you have that opportunity. One of the biggest opportunities that you could have in your life is right now where you're at, and that is scary. But God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of sound mind and power and authority. And we know that you can do it. We know that when you think about this, sometimes... Sometimes we can't really understand that this moment in your life right now is a drop in the bucket of eternity. It's eternity. As scaring as this may be right now, it's just a little drop of what eternity is. And if throughout eternity you can look back at this time in your life where you were obedient to God, then that was worth it all. It would be worth it all. And God will give you what you need. So we're going to ask you to look at that card again. And if you're willing to say, I'm going to step up and I'm going to be a CYC student council member this year, then you sign your name to it and you date it. And it's not for everybody. It's a serious commitment. It's for the convicted. It's for the called. But we know each one of you can do it. We know that people believed in you who brought you here and who invited you here. So don't at this moment let the devil tell you you can't do it because we know that you can. But for some of you, there may be just a little step that you need to take if you're not willing to go that whole way right now. And that's to say, this week, when I get back, I'm going to do one Claim Your Campus. I'm going to have one prayer time this week where I'm going to get a couple of my friends together and we're going to pray for our school. And then just see what God does through that. But I'm going to ask the adult leaders to come forward. And what we're going to ask you to do is we're going to ask you to think about this. I'm going to say a little prayer while I say this prayer. I want you to think about if you're willing to make that decision. And if you are, to sign it. I want you to bring it forward and to put it in this offering plate as your offering to the Lord. I'm going to put this microphone back on here. And I want you to physically and audibly declare these words. God, I am yours. And then put your offering into the plate, which is your your signed commitment here so for some of you that commitment may be I'm going to go all for it and for some of you maybe you just need to write on there this week I'm going to do a prayer group 
And I want you to say, I am yours. And I want you to find a leader here. And I want you to ask them to pray for you. They're willing and excited and ready to do that. But they're going to pray specifically for you to have the courage to go back and do all that God wants you to do. And then I'll end us in prayer. So let's pray together. God, I pray in your supernatural power and authority that you would speak to hearts here today. We know the ass has been given to us. We've heard it all weekend. But God, in this moment, may these hearts be obedient. Would you take away fear and pride and doubt? For those that are feeling that they can't do it, God, would you give them the assurance that they can't do it, but you can and you will. In Jesus' name. That concludes our series on prayer. Many thanks to those who chose to listen and join us. If you have not done so already, subscribe to our Thought Factory podcast channel on iTunes, as well as our YouTube channel. This series on prayer was leading up to See You at the Poll, which is on September 27th, in hopes that people are moved to pray for their school campus, especially students. See You at the Poll is a great launching point for Claim Your Campus prayer groups to see prayer happen every day on every campus across America. These messages were recorded at our annual gathering of Claim Your Campus Student Council Forum, which is a select group of about 30 to 40 high school students from around the country. And if you are a leader of a youth group or a ministry and you want to see your student leaders get involved, contact us at info at claimyourcampus.com and we will gladly send you more information. And if you need me to repeat that, just hit the back button and you should be able to hear that information again. Lastly, remember, 1010. October 10th is when season three of the Thought Factory podcast will begin. And Jeff and I have a great lineup of topics planned for this year and we'll be kicking it off on the topic of race. Hope you will join us. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.